The Spanish Announce Table. Episode 302 of the Spanish Announce Table. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm anywhere yet. Uh, look, peeking behind the curtain, I have a green screen here, and I may or may not be somewhere uh, on location. Uh, so I no, don't you know, know where if you're... you're watching the YouTube show. Podcast right, but you know where you are, Tim. Mm-hmm. You're you're in our hearts. I, I okay? am in your hearts at all times. If you've accepted me into your hearts, yeah, accepted Tim into your heart. Yeah. Um, but again, if you're a podcast listener, as as we have done this podcast for 302 episodes now, starting now, um, you're awesome and you're great, and you've seen us do YouTube a couple times, and we're trying it out again, and we're getting better at it each time. And Look at the lighting. Look at my lighting. You, you can, can see, see my face, face now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see his Kansas City Chiefs hat and Kansas City Chiefs won a football game, which, you know, we're not supposed to talk about. So 12 uh, in a row, 12 in a row dating back to last year. Longest in franchise history. Come on. How about them Ravens? Huh? That was yeah, a good dinner. That was a good dinner. Carving up some Raven on Monday Remember night. Nap, everybody nap, said that was going to be the nap, best nap. football game of the season. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was for us. It was for us. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs best game. People are saying that might have been Mahomes' best performance ever. And if it's not, it's one you would compare to find out. It was good. It was good. Hey, but let's talk about pro wrestling because uh, we've gotten some feedback. Sometimes the Chiefs talk doesn't hit well with everyone. But guess what? It's our podcast. Uh, Oh, uh, K-State won a football game, too. Uh, Beat the number three Oklahoma Sooners uh, two years in a row when they were top five team. Anyway. There you go. Anyway, College football talk too. Anyway, yeah, the uh, National COVID Athletic Association. In Seattle. yeah, that's what it stands for, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I thought it stood for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, National COVID mm-hmm. Athletic Association. Hey, uh, this weekend was also Clash of Champions, and uh, if you go to our YouTube page, you can catch my instant reaction to Clash of Champions, uh, and then you can also catch Tim's not so instant reactions to clash of champions. Uh, again, both of those are on our YouTube page. Just uh, search Spanish announce table uh, on your filters, select channel. You'll see it right there at the top. Uh, or if you want to go directly, youtube.com slash Spanish announce tube. There you go. So uh, yeah, it was uh, this past weekend, uh, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, again, if you watched both of our videos, you kind of know where we stand, but we also wanted to give a full breakdown of Clash of Champions. And uh, Tim, I think we both agreed the best match of the night as far as just showing this to a casual viewer or also just pure entertainment. Maybe we're going to go back in the uh, in the future. We're going to go back and watch this match again was the opening match, the triple threat between AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn. Uh, obviously, from your video, you enjoyed it. So did I. Uh, but what was your favorite part from the the whole just opening stanza of Clash of Champions? Uh, when he, I, the handcuffs were great, right? So Sami Zayn's got the handcuffs. He's he's doing all that. He's trying to hook everybody up. My favorite part was when I noticed um, when he before the announcers led on, right? AJ Styles goes to put him in his whatever suplex hold. I saw mm-hmm. Sami Zayn reach up and hook himself into the handcuffs, and I was like, "Oh, this is about to get really damn good." My son was watching with me, little swim trunk, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Check this out." He just handcuffed himself to AJ Styles, you know, and I was like, this is going to be amazing. 
And sure enough, when he looks up, he's like, you're not going anywhere, buddy. <laughs> I was like, yes, Sami Zayn is the best. And I know Sami Zayn came up with this. If you've heard any podcast interviews of guys like Cesaro or people who work a lot with Sami Zayn, they say this guy is nuts. He's full of ideas. He won't shut up. The, mm-hmm. the character you see on screen is very much the character that he really is that like he's just going 100 miles an hour this could only come aj styles did not come up with this i mean if i'm guessing i could be wrong and we don't fact check but this feels like it had Sami Zayn written all over it this was the get him over i loved it yeah i did too uh my favorite just pure moment though from the entire match was actually jeff hardy after he was handcuffed via the ear to a ladder getting up and still trying to make his way into the into the ring i just love the perseverance that he showed to be like you know what no i'm not letting this stop me uh as a a one famous wrestler used to say uh never give up and he never gave up uh and he would just take this little ladder which was very opportunistic on his end right like that's very key right yeah it was a little baby ladder but he would you know, he was, was walking the it up there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hornswoggle gave that to, to Sami Zayn. Uh-huh. Uh, but the creativity from this, uh, from the finish was what's the most memorable part. Uh, but besides that, even before uh, we got to the finish, I thought this was a really physical match, which it seems as almost, uh, I almost feel like I'm taking it for granted because they're always so physical and innovative and, you know, Jeff Hardy, which I think may get forgotten about with this match because of how creative the finish was, did his damn spot where he got on top of a ladder and did a swanton through, I think, Sami Zayn that was laying on a ladder. Like, that was a WrestleMania spot, and now this is a Clash of Champions spot. And so it was just really, really good. The whole storytelling of the whole match was good, which I did say on our our videos on the YouTube. And by the way, uh, go watch them. We're hitting back and forth, you know? And every time I check, I may be up by one watch. You may be, you know what I mean? Like, view, as they call them. Um, you know what I mean? We're kind of neck and neck on our reactions on who's getting more views, you know? So hey. uh, that's a fun thing, right? That's a fun thing we can keep doing. So go check it out. Um, what what I talked about on there, though, was the storytelling of all of this, right? Sami Zayn kept missing the worst punishment. Um, he kept, you know what I mean? He sold that emotion of, of just the whole, like, oh, my God, I, I've got a chance here, right? Like, these two schmucks got laid out, right? Like, uh, it was repetitive. The I don't know if he got to the announcers because they were playing along really well. Uh, the whole match was an instant classic might be up there for one of the best of the year for me. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, that's a high bar, but this match definitely met that criteria. Uh, very, very fun match kind of going through, um, uh, a little bit of a shot sheet here that has a recap of it. I'm not going to talk about the 24 seven championship to me. That's just a, a mute point. There was nothing really yeah. noteworthy of that. To, to me unless was there anything that you saw there that no, you I mean, like never is the only thing was i was like hey, yeah Tizzo, what happened to that guy but then the next day he's there and they, they just I, the whole thing is, is yeah it, it's yeah, just a double. filler and, yeah. and hey that's okay um so let's get into the next proper match as as some would call it it was the raw women's championship oscar defeating zelina vega uh I thought this was actually pretty good. I know uh, you kind of were a little bit down on it from your less than instant reaction, uh, but I like this. I thought, it, you know, for Zelina Vega having zero matches in WWE, it showed, hey, at least it's someone else who isn't uh, out there with two left feet. And so that was promising. Um, and then also um, 
it also showed how la- how how much uh, how shallow, excuse me, how shallow the division is because they had to then go instantly right into, hey, thank you for the match. Nope, psych, I'm still a heel. Well, then I'm not finished with you. It's like, well, why? Because you just beat her. Why would you want to? I mean, I get why you want to hit her again because she hit you, po- you know, post match. But there's no one else. There's no one else that's gonna like challenge Oscar for the championship. So it showed how shallow the, the division is, but I also thought Zelina Vega given the spot didn't do horrible. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the match was not terrible. I didn't hate it. I just thought I was, it's the same thing you said. I was, did this in no way did I think Zelina Vega has any kind of shot of, of getting this unless they were just trying to be like, you didn't expect that. Did you? Um, right. Yeah. So I kind of was like, all right, and then I'm just measuring move by move and it's, uh, you know, you know, wasn't anything to write home about. So again, I just thought, ah, this is again. Yeah. Zelina Vega getting in the ring. Cool. She's going to do better than whatever she was doing with, with the other guys over there. That was a waste of time. So, yeah, you know, why not? Yeah. I think uh, maybe it was because of how low my expectations were. I was just happy that Zelina Vega looked the part of a heel challenging for a championship. Maybe that's why I, I, I liked it a little bit more. Like that, yeah. All right. After that, we went into the United States championship match, which feels like we've been doing this since WrestleMania. That's probably a lie, but again, we don't fact check, but it was Bobby Lashley defeating Apollo Cruz. Whatever. I, I just, I mean, not trying to be like, I know we've gotten criticism of the past of like, Oh, you guys just hate WWE while you watch it. Well, cause some of the shit's really good. Like the first match, but then some yeah. of the stuff like this is just, what are we doing? This is such a waste of time. That should have been, I mean, I know it's United States championship and it's, it's clash of champions. So they had different things, but like the match that follows the storyline is Cedric Alexander versus Apollo Cruz. It's not Apollo Cruz. Yeah, why was it? Title. Like, well, and why wasn't uh, uh, Ricochet in that spot to challenge Bobby Lashley? Why is Ricochet who, again, in my eyes should be the two Oh five, uh, two Oh five live champion. And we should just build a whole division around him. Uh, but that's a side point. Uh, why is he not getting opportunities? Why is he always just guy in his own t-shirt clapping outside, hoping for the best? Yeah. It just feels like that guy is so damn good. And if we're going to have someone lose, Apollo Cruz has already done all of his flips. Let's see a different version of flips for Christ's sake and just get Ricochet in there. If you're still just going to have Bobby Lashley win with a full Nelson, let me see some different versions of a flip, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, I'd, I'd rather watch Richard O'Shea than I love than Ricochet. Ricochet to me is, uh, you know, someone I can show my nieces and nephews and say like, isn't this your superhero? And nine times out of 10, they're all going to say, yep. Cause he's fucking cool. Right. Again, I don't need a promo from him. I don't need, he he's the new age Ray Mysterio, right? Like as far as that, he's a nice guy and he's going to do well. And then didn't you see that crazy move? But I think he's going to be that. I think he's going to have that Ray Mysterio like, and that's okay. Like look at Ray Mysterio right now. Will, right? Well, yeah. 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 I mean, he's doing better than what Ray Mysterio is doing now. Uh, yeah, anyhow, it's just so Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Lashley won in uh, a forgettable match. Another forgettable match was <laughs> another forgettable tag team championship match between the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel Garza. 
Uh, it did look like Angel Garza did get hurt uh, shoot-wise, uh, yeah. so that may have some fallout, but Street Profits retained. Uh, I think you mentioned it in your video where they uh, they referenced that this match was happening again. So Since even the before WrestleMania, like, they, they yeah. specifically brought that up, and that's too long. But, it's too much. Right, especially because it's not the New Day and the Usos going back and forth where it's these memorable cage matches or two out of three falls, things like that. Uh, but I guess here's the here's the uh, ugly truth about this matchup. Name another tag team that you're going to put in there with the Street Profits. <clears throat> there isn't yeah, one. There isn't. There isn't. The only yeah. thing that I think you can do is if you want to expand the the grip that the Hurt Business has on the Raw locker room is you then start putting Shelton Benjamin and MVP as a tag team and then have them go after the Street Profits and then do that. But then again, if we're kind of taking a step back and looking yeah, at all of the storylines. That's Taylor May. They could say, hey, look, the Street Profits have been cutting into the Hurt Business's bottom line. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's right in there. Like, we're trying to get them profits. You know what I mean? Well, and isn't part of the tagline for the Street Profits, uh, the profits are up? You know? And so right. the Hurt Business, all that stuff. You could have it there. But what I was going to say is. JBL uh, could what, moderate. All right, never Easy. Well, and that's where I was going to get go into just for a little bit here is if you take a step back and look at this from a high level view, let's say that the Hurt Business goes after the tag team championships. Well, now we're just having a, a diverse locker room, but it's all black guys fighting black guys and white guys fighting white guys and Mexicans fighting Mexicans. And then we're getting into a little bit of uh, what are we doing Separate here? But equal on Monday Night Raw. Right, exactly. So it feels a little weird if we did that. But I still think that the Hurt Business maybe could be the next uh, challengers for these titles just for the simple fact that it would make sense. They want to establish more of their power. Street Profits need a title uh, challenger, so maybe there, but I don't know. After that forgettable matchup, we had Bailey issue an open challenge because Nikki Cross apparently is sick with something. We don't just know. Not medically cleared, Tom. Oh, that's true. They didn't they, say sick. They go to medical right. facilities. They're not medically God, so cleared. Stupid. It's a hospital. It's a hospital. No medical one calls it a medical facility, facility except for wrestling fans. There's got to be some kind of obscure, like, legal reason that he's been warned against, right? Like, there's got to be, like, a lawyer has been like, don't say that. You're going to get into a weird don't. I think the open rumor is that just Vince hates the word, like how he hates championship belt. He just hates the word hospital. Hates what a fucking hospital. psychopath if that's the word or if that's the, well, the guy that's hates sneezing. really. Well, no, he hates that. If you sneeze, you can't stop it. Right. Yeah. Like what a psychopath. God, what an influence on my life. Um, that's sad. Uh, so he or excuse me. Bailey opened, uh, issued an open challenge. It was met by Oscar, which actually uh, I was a little surprised with. I liked it how Oscar came out and was like, "Bitch, I ain't done with you. I want two belts." And so I kind of like that. It did get the predictable non-finish because Bailey's not gonna uh, beat Oscar right. legit. So how does she get out of this? Disqualify herself. Bah, fuck off, right? Uh, but that led into the continuation of Sasha Banks and Bailey because Sasha Banks comes out with a hurt neck 
And then well, all this was it, Sasha. This might not have happened. This might have just been a Nikki Cross Bailey match as a as a quote unquote piss break spot. And then they mm-hmm. went, oh crap! Now we got to fill time. And Sasha's there, and they're like, here, get the Bobby Heenan neck raise and go out there, and you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing, even if Nikki Cross was available, was just to continue the Bailey Sasha feud, right. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't, I, whatever, right? All the dorks who love these two have been clamoring for this since 2015. It was a fantastic match. Again, one of my top 10 favorite matches of all time, uh, Bailey versus Sasha from NXT TakeOver. Uh, this storyline, I hope, has a finale at Hell in the Cell. Rumor is it's going to close the show. Fucking cool. I don't care. Let's just get, get on with it. Dude, this will have a finale the same way, you know. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre has a finale, which we'll get into later. Yeah, possibly, uh, but I hope not. I hope it's a oh my god, blah happens and that's it. And now we can go two separate ways. I feel like you're right though. They're gonna do. Hey, guess what? Uh, we're gonna do part it's, seven. It's gonna and be John so, Cena, and Randy Orton. Yeah, which is fine, but it's just not with those two. I'm not, I'm not against the, like Becky and Charlotte could do that. I would be a million percent. Okay. If Becky and Charlotte, and they kind of have, if you think about it, but if they went back to doing their kind of thing, that's way more entertaining than peanut butter mouth, Sasha Banks and uh, Vicky Guerrero, 2020 Bailey. Every time I see Bailey, I just, she just looks like Vicky Guerrero more and more each and every day and sounds like her. She's turning into Vicky Guerrero, right? I mean, Maybe. I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world, but I'm just saying she's annoying. All right. Now let's get into a WWE championship match. Champion Drew McIntyre uh, defeated Randy Orton in an ambulance match. Uh, This was a fun one. This is where the show picked back up. Uh, What did you like about this? I liked the storytelling of it. I was not expecting the end to the Randy Orton. Well, (laughs) what we thought was the end to the Randy Orton storyline um and we'll save some of that for raw talk when we hit our highlights at the end i guess but um it, that story if it was the end of the randy orton story it was great every legend it almost felt like that whole thing was designed to be a thing to get drew mcintyre over right like it just felt like mm-hmm. oh this whole time that's what this has been like amazing that would have been cool um but uh so all that was great it, at the end of that match, I was like, that was really good. It was a great way to get rub that legend sauce onto Drew McIntyre, if you will, right? He's now buddies with these four legends, right? Um, you know, legends. Uh, whatever we're going to call that nowadays. But I, I thought it was great. And, you know, I normally hate the ambulance match because it's who can close the door first. Um, but I thought this was yeah. all done really well. Yeah, I liked it because it reminded me of a, a Jacob Marley, uh, you know, um, Ghosts of Christmas Past coming back to haunt Randy Orton. And every time he thought he had the advantage, that's then where Big Show or Christian and then it was uh, Shawn Michaels and then Ric Flair all came out. Uh, the, my favorite part of this entire night, though, even more so than Jeff Hardy getting his ear uh, handcuffed to a to a ladder was that Big Show <laughs> Big Show's dumbass walks out in a mask and then p- 
pulls it down to reveal it's him. Yeah. As if yeah, we, we don't know who the yeah, fuck we don't this know guy who that is. is. Yeah. <laughs> that was ah! It was me, Austin. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're the seven foot, 400 pound asshole walking around backstage. We all know who this is. Yeah. Like to have a mask and be like, oh, you didn't know who it was? It was me, Horton. That was me. That's my favorite part of the whole night. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's good. Um, I like that. God, that made me laugh so hard. I watched that back. I I, uh, I rewound that spot three times before the match was over just to keep laughing because of how stupid it was. Uh, But yeah, I thought the match itself was really good. Like I said, this is where the show picked back up. Um, it was good to see Drew McIntyre get the win. He did kind of look a little, um, not as strong. I don't know, but I've never seen one of those established champions have to have four other people help him to win. You know what I'm saying? Uh, John Cena, I don't feel like ever had to have four legends help him win or a Roman Reigns or a Stone Colder, you know, all this stuff. And for Drew McIntyre to have this championship for as long as he's had it, it's starting to feel like he may be going into that trajectory. But this performance, I don't think this perform this match was more about Randy Orton than it was Drew McIntyre. Yeah. It could have been just anyone, I think, really in an ambulance match with Randy Orton. It was about the sins of Randy Orton's past catching up. To it him. was so. I, again, I think for what it seemed like, it seemed like a great merging of the two to kind of put a nice bow on both of mm-hmm. them. Like, okay, we in the Randy Orton thing, and all these guys go like, okay, this was our guy. Um, right, and you know, it would have worked great. Um, looks like we're going to keep going with it though, but more on that later. It does look like we're going to keep going with it. All right, let's get to the main event. It was the universal championship match. Roman Reigns defeats Jay Uso, uh, via Jimmy throwing in the towel and stopping the match. This was really good. This was methodical. This was uncomfortable at certain times. Uh, Roman Reigns just with his scoff and just, arrogance towards Jay Uso, not even mad at him. It was almost like a parent who says, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Every time Jay Uso had offense, Roman was like, are you serious? Like, Bro, Why? Dude. Why do we do this? Come on. Yeah. It wasn't as even though he was hurt. He was just looking at him like, okay, you're an asshole. Then towards the end though, he did flip the switch, right? Where he's like, uh, Paul Heyman was trying to, it felt like, um, almost uh, cater to Roman Reigns needs, calling him the tribal chief. And Roman's like, that's great. I don't want to hear it from you. I want to hear it from him. Then it got really uncomfortable. I, I thought this was great. Yeah. Uh, again, the storytelling for this Roman character was great, right? And this doesn't, this is a great way to murder somebody without them looking too bad in the end because, you know, it's family. He was a bit overmatched to begin with. Well, we, and then he didn't give up. Right. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't tap it, out. Right. It was, he looks like the, the warrior that can persevere. It was his brother saving yeah. him. Maybe we get something out of that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I like it a lot. I like this tribal chief thing. Um, like I, just in the ego power trip of it all, right? Like, no, you yeah. say I'm the fucking man. Like, yeah, like we're not leaving until you say I'm the best. Right. I like that a lot. The one thing, though, that made me shake my head a little bit or, you know, 
scratch the top of my head as uh, some people may do is there is a few different times where both Jay and then when Jimmy came out, I don't know if they were just bad actors or what, but they, it looked like they were visibly smiling. Like, I think they were trying to look like they were uh, in distress, but like, I thought Jimmy was going to turn on Jay because when he was cupping his head and he was looking back, it looked like he was legitimately smiling to Roman. They all have their teeth redone now. Yeah. I think I've noticed with people when they get their teeth redone and no disrespect to anybody's had their teeth redone. Um, But I'm getting mine done. I've noticed out of nature, I think, A, it's a self-conscious thing. And then you, as the person who got it done, spend so much time looking in the mirror at it, right? And so it becomes like a habitual thing to just go to that mouth formation. You know what I mean? Like, because I noticed people who got their teeth done. The reason I noticed you got your teeth done is more because now you're flashing your teeth a whole shit ton more than you ever used to. Right. It's not like I ever noticed your teeth, Mm -hmm. but now you're standing here and you're like, Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Like you're just, it's different. And I think that's where we get some of that. I kind of noticed that too. I was like, man, you guys look like, like you, just so happy about this moment right <laughs> you know what i mean like you're right yeah. yeah and i yeah it was yeah maybe it was that maybe it was like man do you believe that we're main eventing the three of us together we always dream pay-per-view storyline right? yeah. yeah this is cool uh but it yeah i really thought jimmy when he got into the ring and cupped his head and was looking back at him and said you're the tribal chief i thought then it was going to be and this guy sucks and he was going to turn on his brother obviously he didn't and that was the right move to do but yeah, it was a little confusing their their acting skills towards the end of that yeah. match. I still think the coolest way would be But again, Jimmy does help him and then they've got to convince Jay or either vice versa, right? Like Jay now has Stockholm syndrome. And, you know, cuz he got his ass beat so bad and then he's like, "No, he's not so bad." And Jay's like, "What the or, you know, vice versa Jay." And then Jimmy's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Man, I don't tell you he's beating the shit out of you and was showing you no mercy." Nah. Yeah, no. And then we have no mercy fine. again. All right, never mind. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that was uh Clash of Champions uh twenty twenty. Again, head over to our YouTube page, uh check out my instant reaction that I uh recorded as soon as the pay-per-view ended, and then Tim gave you a less than instant reaction. Uh the next day. Uh you can get more of our uh, deeper thoughts there. Uh, we gave you the full breakdown tonight, but again, you can catch more of our thoughts on Clash of Champions on the YouTube channel. Uh, now let's get into the meat Ooh, and potatoes hey, of our show. Before we jump off oh, to that, ahead. let's go to the Twitter machine. Uh, Hashtag right. Tweet the Table. If you're on Twitter, okay. at Table Show, he's at TMAC underscore 816. I'm at The Awesome Voice, uh, as you well know. Uh, Twitter, if you use Hashtag Tweet the Table, we're going to see it. We're going to read it, and we're going to read some of them. Some of them. Possibly. If you're lucky. If you're cool right here on the show. And we got a couple of these about Clash of Champions because we usually do, right? This is when we get peak Tweet the Tables is special events, right? At okay, the, yeah, let's see at the Iceman Forever. Long time no here, right? The Iceman Forever says, in my opinion, I thought Clash of Champions was damn good. I give it a 9 out of 10. Hashtag Tweet the Table. And at Theo75 says, Jimmy versus Roman is pure brutality. This is hard to watch. Hashtag Tweet the Table. Um, 9 out of 10. Iceman. I would say a solid seven. I was going to give it a seven. Yeah, seven is good. Because, again, I think half the matches were kind of like, mm, but the other half 
were really good, right? The first one. Right. Uh, and you could say the third great. match, like the final match was not necessarily a great match as much as it was a but great it was a good storytelling. Right, it was a great storytelling moment for Roman Reigns. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Now let's get the meat and potatoes like you're talking about. Uh, fun stuff we've got this week. Yeah. So it was AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. Uh, a really fun show. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, but let's get uh, kind of a recap started with the first match of the night. It was a feud, a blood feud, as some call it, uh, between Ricky Starks and Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen ends up picking up the victory. Uh, what do you think about this match? Had a month long build to it, and then we got the kind of the the tipping point yeah. here to kick off the show. I like that he had a, a promo coming in with somebody else speaking for him too. Like he didn't even have to do his own talking. Right? Like somebody was like, "Hey man, yeah. I, he's gonna kick your ass." So he didn't even. <laughs> right. um, yeah. I, I like this too, and you know what? It, it's kind of hit me more too, where they've talked about Darby Allen's been very clear that like he's not gonna do this forever, right? He's gonna do this a couple of years. So why not ride, you know, Darby Allen and squeeze every drop you can out of whatever momentum he's got? Which clearly, I mean, he's got a following. Got a so yeah, I would. I would plug and play him. If it's not somebody that like losing to Darby Allen would cripple their momentum, then why not have Darby Allen go over and sell some merch and love it. Yeah. I like this match a lot. I wish it had a, it felt like a really, really good match between two guys trying to go up uh, the pecking order for a championship title match more than two guys who hate each other. It was, like I said, it was, it had good moves. It had good physicality. I wanted a little bit more of uh, a ref has to pull them apart or give a four count. You could be disqualified, you know, just a little bit more. I hate this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. It was, it was more so of a match of I'm really good. No, I'm really good. Well, let's figure out who's better. And that's really good. And AEW does that better than anyone right now. But for what they were doing the last month with uh, a skateboard with thumbtacks through Ricky Stark's back or all the shit that Darby Allen went through by Team Taz, it felt like this should have had one thing that maybe stood out. And like I said, really good match. I just wanted a little bit more of, wow, those guys really hated each other instead of, man, they're just really good wrestlers. I mean, both are good, but for me, I, I want the hate. Yeah. Right, like I'm, I'm watching this because, because two guys hate each other. Embrace so. the hate. Of course, you always should embrace the hate when telling stories because it makes it more interesting. Mm -hmm. Speaking of embracing the hate and making it more interesting, uh, we had an interview segment with Cody who addressed Mister Brody Lee and the dog collar match. Uh, typical, you know, big time promo feel from Cody here who did a little bit of bait and switch with the no, no, that means I'm never forgiven and all that shit. Uh, thought it was fun. He did have me for a second. I thought, well, like where we're going to go from here. I thought maybe Arn Anderson was going to have to get it into his ear to like make him, you know, uh, find the fire again, yes. something like that. Uh, but my favorite part was when he did come back and grab the microphone and give his uh, passionate speech about why this me blah, blah, blah. Like Brody Lee was like, no, fuck this guy. <laughs> like yeah, the he heel wasn't intimidated mm -hmm. by it. He was like, no, fuck you. Like, I'm going to kick your ass. I now. did like that. I, I thought he was going to go with it because he was like the executive of job. I loved. So 
that part of me, you know, says no. And mm-hmm. that thing's gonna turn out to be is like, but the fighter and the wrestler in me says, Yes, fuck you, I'm gonna come after you, right? And so I thought a little different than than how I thought it was gonna go. And I did like that Brody Lee was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm ready, you know what I mean? Like it it feels into that how embroiled and mad he was. Um, so I like this. We're gonna get a, these guys are gonna go all out. I don't oh my god, they are. The the part that made me go like, all right, guys, I'm not understanding here was the whole melee pull apart that kept going on and on, which, you know, I, I get that, right? Like, oh, he's back again. Oh, he's back again. But why is the Dark Order keep getting in the way of Brody Lee? Like, they're there to cause chaos. He orders them. If I'm going after this guy, we're all going after that guy. You don't get in my way yeah. and hold me back. Right. No. Yeah. Right. It didn't make sense there. Yeah. I, it lost me a little bit there, but the rest of it all good great point that is a great point yeah because if i lead you you do what i say and i say we're kicking this guy's <laughs> yeah, ass we're gonna murder and if this you're man. like it's not the right time yeah if you say it's not the right time i'm gonna tell you go look at my watch my watch says it is Looks the time like you're and next. i pay for the time around here <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah that would have been a cool part the brandy uh anna J thing i think is fine i'm not into brandy brandy just is not into anything that i like I... you know kind of thing not even just Brandy. It, this brought up something that I want to talk about in pro wrestling. Okay, let's hear Everybody it. can do a jump over the top rope now, right? Keith Lee can fucking do it. Drew McIntyre can fucking do it. It doesn't make it not impressive, right? Because, I mean, it is. I can't fucking do it, right? Like, I haven't tried, but I probably can't fucking do it. Um, and great. If Keith Lee jumps over the top rope and he turns sideways and he cross bodies three guys and they fall down, that makes sense. But when Brandy Rhodes does a backflip over the top rope and seven people catch her and then suddenly fall down, nobody fucking believes that really happened. Not a kid watching. Yeah, they're going to be like, why did they 145 you? pound lady. Yeah. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt me. If like, I mean, like, yeah, you might be taking it, but, but if I'm looking at watching, like I'm going to be barely bothered by a 145 pound lady coming and losing her momentum there and spinning her. Like it just not, it, it, anybody who has any sense of physics around them understands that that's not a thing that wipes out eight people to where she can then stand up and fucking dab over their lifeless bodies. I don't think she dabbed, but yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. Yeah. I agree. Um, and 145 was just a weight I threw sure, out. I don't right. know how much she weighs. And I'm not, I, I never did that, that game well. Anyhow, yeah. My, yeah. Definitely could be less than that. Um, yeah. I agree with that. But I'm just not into Brandy. I just don't yeah, like Brandy either. necessarily. Uh, she's fine. She doesn't do anything I hate. I don't have that Sasha Banks, like, oh, God, she can't talk. She can't do, bleh, right? But I also don't go, man, this person's interesting. I'm so into what she's doing. I just feel neutral. Uh, and so with with that part of the pull apart, I like that it added on to like, it's not just between these two people. It's a whole, you know, dark order and a family at war kind of thing. So that was fine. Uh, the one part that made me uh, a little confused. Did you catch that Nyla Rose just beat some chick uh, chick's ass too during this yeah. and just started giggling while she was well, doing I love, it? And they were like, I mean, she's just taking advantage of the man. I mean, why not? I, and I love that. Like, why isn't there more people being like, oh, there's a bunch of people fighting right now. Nobody's getting in trouble for it. And I don't like that guy out there who's trying to stop it. I'm going to go beat him up and nobody's going to fucking do anything about it. <laughs> I like it. Like, why well, doesn't Randy Orton come out yeah. and RKO people in the middle of somebody else's melee? <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it, it kind of reminded me because I thought more people were going to start doing that, right? I saw Nyla Rose do it, and then I thought maybe you were going to get a trickle-down effect of Luther grabs someone and Billy Gunn grabs another person and all this stuff, you know? Uh, but it reminded me uh, initially with that promo with the, all the champions in the ring. And it was in Seattle when Daniel Bryan just kept getting cheered for when it was Randy Orton and John Cena, but it started with those two. And then there was a super kick to CM Punk. And then there was a big knee from Daniel Bryan to, uh, Shawn Michaels and da da da, you know, all that stuff. Like I was thinking like, are we going to do that in AEW? That would be fun. Yeah. Cause then the young bucks get, you know, beat up by FTR. FTR gets beat up by SCU, SCU, you know, one time I'd like for a melee to literally close the show because it's like, we've lost control. Tony Khan is in a headlock by Kenny Omega right now. Yeah, you don't know. No one knows week, what's happening. Right? Like, I mean, they can, yeah. they can do, here's what I would do. Right. So it, let's, let's pretend it's AW melee closes the show. Right. Everybody's like, I don't know what Tony Khan looked like. Somebody's uh, Lance Archer had his foot on Tony Khan's neck as we shut off air. Oh my God, what's going to happen. And then they like, YouTube, right? There's a being the elite, and they're like, "Hey, what happened there?" And they're like, "Oh, uh, we've been directed by management uh, to to not say anything until the official announcement comes." And you stall a couple of days off of stuff like that, right? And you just make it a whole week. And everybody's like, "Where are they going with this?" Man, Tony Khan's almost dead. Yeah, uh, but the the pull apart was was good to get to it to the match next week with the dog collar match, Cody versus Brody Lee. Again, I don't even know who Nyla Rose beat up, but I like that. That was probably my favorite part of it because it was just like, yeah, of course a heel would take advantage of this situation. That chick isn't even looking right. at her. Wow, hit her yeah. in the back of the head. Uh, all right, so the next punt. we had, hey, do it if you got it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, next up, we had a backstage interview from FTR, which was then interrupted by a super kick from the Young Bucks to Tony Schiavone. And this felt uh, not respected. If you're going to super kick Tony Schiavone, there needs to be ramifications. Now, JR was saying something to the effect of, you can't do that. Da, da, yeah, da. Excalibur's but, like, like, we I'm just sick. went on with yeah. the show. But then we just, like, right. Yeah. But then we just, we kept going. It should have been Tony Khan has an announcement in the next segment about what the young bucks did. This is not acceptable. It, it, it was almost felt like a, like light comedy. Yeah. You don't young kick bucks pro right wrestling stepdad and you know what I mean? Like yeah. the good stepdad, right? He's not the it, bad stepdad that like course. beats you and drinks all night. He's Listen. the one that gives you $5 because you just had a bad day. Right. And he's like, he's a little nervous that like, he knows you're not his kid. He doesn't want to be like, look, man, I, you know, I get it. But like, I also got to be an adult, but like, you know, I'm a cool guy. He, right? Like, yeah. Well, he's the guy that says you can call me dad if you want, but I get it. If you don't. Right. Yeah. He's that guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's that stepdad. Look, I just really love but your I mom. Felt like, and we're just- <laughs> yeah. I'm here for you, but if you want to talk to your dad about this situation, I totally understand yeah, right. it, but I am here for you. Feel free to call me. Uh, no, anyhow. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You want to call me uh, Mr. T? Huh? Mr. T? Remember him? The Chabon. Oh, whatever you want to ski a bone. Yeah, whatever you want to call. <laughs> uh, but I just felt like the Young Bucks kind of, yeah, it just felt like bad humor. Like, it's not funny anymore. Because then they were like, oh, what? Huh. What happened? What Was happened? it ever <laughs> funny with the Young Bucks? Tom. Well, but now it's just feeling like the broken phone thing is kind of funny. And that's a dick move where you're like, oh, man, I wish I could probably do that to someone I don't like. Well, right? Especially but when the kicks missed kind of, and hit him nah. in the collarbone. Well, good, because you don't want to really hurt that guy. I'm OK with that. 
Uh, but then FTR doesn't even blink. They're just a like, kick us. Yeah, like, hey, what kick the, us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of yeah. like that, but they didn't so, really care, right? He's laying there just yeah, like, fuck like hey, what, you pussy? You didn't want to fucking care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, I want to pause so then, because, you know, we go into the match, yeah. right? With the, the tag team championship match, the uh, the 20 minute yeah. you know, brush with greatness, whatever. Um, You say the best friends are the best tag team in pro wrestling right now. And I think FTR uh, is up there to challenge, man. FTR right now, I'm loving their whole attitude, their whole demeanor. Um, I, I like this whole commanding of the, they're like, no, no, we represent the tag team division. So the rules are changing. Like, we're going to do this. Like, no, 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 this is about us. And I even like that they're like, well, of course. I mean, we won the titles from the last champions. We got to go back and beat the first one. So we're just like, you know, I mean, it's clear that like we're the best, right? Like I, I this is the best I've seen out of them. They used to be yeah. fast forward TV and they've come a long mm-hmm. way in short period of time. Yeah, I agree with you there. FTR, this is the best that I've seen them uh, since I first saw them, right? Right. Uh, I just like best friends because I think I would hang out with best right. friends. I feel I feel like I want to jump in the van with Sue uh-huh. and Trent and Chuck and hang out and just go like, we're going to get Frosties from Dairy Queen? Why yeah, not? I might go you hang know? out with FTR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go hang out with FTR. I'll go hang out with best friends. Right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, FTR is doing amazing work here. So we, we saw that 20 minutes uh, brush with greatness match between uh, FTR and SCU. Before the match, though, if you catch if you caught this, uh, Sean Spears was standing at the entrance ramp and said, Hey, good luck to Scorpio sky, uh, furthering that feud or yep. program, I guess you want to call it. Um, but is he also alluding like to Sean Spears. this possible, you know, four horsemen thing they've been, you know, talking about, although that's kind of died down the murmur of that. Well, it kind of goes in waves, right? It's like, oh, it's going to be there next week. Oh, it's not going to happen. Maybe it's coming back. It does a lot of that. Just because we have a four-man group doesn't mean it's like the new Four Horsemen, right? Can we start saying that? Like the Hurt Business could technically be the new Four Horsemen, you know? Like, what are you going to do? Of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just like Sean Spears, uh, his placement in the company. He always feels like this dark shadow. Almost, uh, if you remember uh, from the, the Batman movie, Scarecrow. Where it was like, this guy's not the top bad guy, but he's going to be a thorn in the superhero Batman's ass the entire set of movies. Well, yeah, I like you it. Know? Yeah, if, if like Sean Spears was always that guy, right? He's like hanging by as something's going on. And he's like, hmm, you're going to take that from him? Or just, you know what I mean? Like, I love it. People are like kind of, and then he has a match. Deal? Right? Like, why are you yeah, an asshole? Right. <laughs> Yeah, and he feuds with guys lower end on the card, and he ends up beating them all the time, right? He gets a win on AEW Dark every third episode or something like that, right? Uh, But then he just, he kind of goes to that upper mid card, flirts with some mind-fucking games with some people, and then just goes back down to Dark, and then comes, I like that, just that weird aura of him. Uh, So anyhow, that was what we saw to start this match, SCU versus FTR. Solid match. I mean, really, really good from all four guys here. Uh, I, I, I'm still waiting for Scorpio Sky to break out from SCU. I still like what SCU is, and they're good, right? The first tag team champions, it's all fine and good. We have 700 tag teams, so I'm ready for Scorpio Sky to challenge for a singles title without the SCU garb and you know presentation. 
but this for itself was really good. Uh, Hangman Adam Page was on commentary. Uh, and then after this match, after FTR won, we got a tournament announcement for a tournament that would name the number one contender for the AEW championship. Uh, Jungle Boy was named on that. Um, Pentagon Jr., I believe, was the second one. But then Kenny Omega was named as the third competitor. And that damn near made uh, Hangman Adam Page choke on his whiskey. Uh, and he had to go. He got pretty pissed. It sounded like, you know, when you break up with a girl and then you hear that she's going on a date before you've gone on your first date since the breakup. It felt like that's what Hangman Adam Page heard when he heard that uh, Kenny Omega was in this tournament. Yeah, I, I do like that. Again, I this I keep liking it to the Ross and Rachel thing. Like that's exactly what it felt like. It was like a wait, you're doing he's doing what? Singles. So he really doesn't want to tag team with me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no good for hey, listen, I gotta go take a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I got that thing. Yeah, Yeah, I gotta go go do that. I told my mom I'd I'd pick her up some chapsticks. I I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh that was the interesting part post match. Um yeah, this was a whole great segment. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh next up after the commercial break and after that announcement. Uh, we saw Isaiah Cassidy taking on Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho's awesome. However, I will say this. He's starting to move like big show in that ring. Yeah. He's getting a lot of miles on he's those legs. He's hard. And he, I mean, yeah. Something he either needs to get into the gym and just be locked in there for a few months, or he needs to stop Let's wrestling. go back to that matches, accountability house. He never went to the house. Yeah. I don't. I think he just did the, the DDP yoga. Yeah, I think he just did the the thing. Yeah, um, but but also I will say this too: the, the style of match doesn't really complement him either, right. right? Isaiah Cassidy is a lot of the put your foot here, count to two, look to the left, and we do with springboard. Hey, everyone! It's like nineteen uh, eighties yeah. rap, you know, where it's drop like, down, <laughs> like arm drag, hey, da, da. off the ropes, like they just, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's like a, it's like a cool in the gang nineteen eighties hip hop song with the beats. It's put your hand here and go under the rope. Go under the rope and move to the left. You put your left move foot the left in. You put your left yeah, foot out. <laughs> yeah, it's just they hokey pokey wrestle. So, right? Yeah, that's another good way of putting it. It just that doesn't complement Chris Jericho, who's right. literally been doing this longer than Isaiah Cassidy's been alive. That was the other thing I really uh, cracked up about. Is that next week they're going to do the thirty years of Chris Jericho, and they did a promo for it, and then I realized. That's 30 years of pro wrestling that Chris Jericho's done. And Isaiah Cassidy is not 25, 23 or something. Like that, right? like 24 yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's literally uh-huh. been doing this profession longer than the, his competitor uh, has been alive. And so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but the one thing that I, I liked is uh, Luther. Oh man. And Jericho got into it and they had a little skirmish. We're going to get a tag match well, I next guess they week. Explained it like that's his old, like, like yeah they're from big, the beginning yeah yeah from the start of their career so maybe we're gonna see two guys uh work at the same pace <laughs> you know what i mean uh so that'll be good like guys who've um, been wrestling for 30 years <laughs> right exactly uh yeah so luther interjected himself in here hey, what are we gonna do with this uh, 30 years of jericho right because they don't have footage but of the 30th year so 
you know, I, this is a setup for him to get shit on by somebody, right? Well, I think he's going to get this tag match against, I think, the team name of uh, Luther and his tag partners, Chaos what Theory. MJF somehow, which we'll, again, we'll get into. But Yeah. So what I'm guessing, though, is we're going to get a victory from Jake Hager and Jericho on the 30 night or 30 year of Jericho celebration. And then, yeah, MJF. And let's get into that. So post-match, uh, Jericho gets the win with the Judas effect, which has been looking really strong. No one has, I don't think at least, has um, uh, kicked, kicked out, out of the right. Judas effect. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, post-match, uh, they're all celebrating in the locker room. MJF goes into the locker room, gives them all jackets, except for Sammy Guevara. Just happens to forget that one. That so good. Uh, God, that was... What did you think of that segment? I love that whole segment, right? Uh, from the way they walk in and they're like, what? Hey. And then, like, he didn't even... Like, they don't open the, the present. He opens it, right? And then he's like, and Sammy, shit right and then he tries to blame Wardlow he's like <laughs> you know what I mean I loved all of that and I loved when they got into it and he's like do you want to join the, the, uh, do you, you want know? me to join right do you want me to join do you want to join I love yeah. all of this I love where it's going and then at the very end when he's like when he's like what a loser he's like oh hold on maybe he's yeah because Sammy Guevara who gets pissed that his jacket is missing mm -hmm. goes what a loser which they've done consecutive weeks yep. and Jericho stops a mid-sentence and goes wait a minute maybe he's not. is he and maybe he's not yeah here's an interesting angle what if you know you talked about Chris Jericho could be a great face but the inner circle not what if we do get this MJF kind of joins the inner circle and he sort of takes it from Jericho right they turn on Jericho MJF's now leaning the inner circle, they still get to go being heel guys doing all the goofy stuff they do. Yeah. Maybe you can even get rid know. of Hager, swap them out with Wardlow. You done with that? Yeah. Yeah. You you have uh you know the uh the messiah of the inner circle, Chris Jericho, exiled from the group. One person goes with him, and that's Jake Hager. Wardlow and MJF take over the inner circle. And then it's like Jake Hager and Chris Jericho buddies for years, you know, still at this trying to to get one on, you know, uh, get one on uh, a main event somewhere yeah. soon. You're I don't know, get the titles or do something. Um, yeah, that could be something that they do. Uh, and remember, remember. I think if you if you put all these pieces together, it all started after MJF lost the championship match to John Moxley. And then the next week he said, uh, looks like you have to join a faction to, to get noticed around here. So maybe he is trying to weasel, weasel Jericho way. out and take over the inner circle. You know, God, that could be fun. Food we were for riding wrestling for wrestling fans, which AW kind of does. AW right? so far is yeah. AW is so far is, uh, after that, uh, brilliant segment from uh, the, the backstage with MJF and the inner circle, we saw orange Cassidy take on 10. This was kind of a squash match. Uh, I was okay with it. I, I fear that we're getting a little bit overexposure of orange Cassidy, maybe take him off a couple weeks of TV. Yeah. This felt like the stone cold roll him out, get the shit in Hogan must pose. Mm -hmm. Let's bounce. Right. Cause I mean, Except he got to call look, the guys weenies. 
Yeah, he got to sue the weenies. And that's getting over, and that's fine, and I like that. That's cool. And, you know, the Dark Order guys are named after numbers, so it's not as if we need to build these guys up, right? So it was fine. I just fear that... You mean to tell me a guy named a number isn't going to become a future world champion? Like No. No? I mean, possibly, right? It could get the Batista effect. And then they give them a, a name, but no, not yet. Not right now. The AEW world champion. Eight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. What the fuck are we talking about? 69. <laughs> and everyone's like, nice. Number 12. The champion 69. Yeah, yeah. champion 69. God, there'll be yeah. a lot of dudes in the dark order. Well, sure, right? Champion 420. Oh, God. If if there's a Wednesday on 420, a, a, a dark order oh, member... Yeah number 420 needs to get the victory that's perfect that's made for it right <laughs> god that'd be perfect yeah. um yeah i i just i just get a little worried that you know those moments that i pop for when uh orange cassidy comes from the the trunk of a car to help the best friends in a street fight or uh is hanging out in a bathroom when the inner circle and the elite are wrestling and he's just hanging out in the bathroom and then just walks out, you know, those little fun moments are going to get ruined because it's like, well, I just saw him wrestle 10 minutes before that, or he's wrestling in the next segment, you know? So it makes it more special if you sprinkle him in and then he can do the laziness and it hits a little bit more, at least for me. Yeah, I agree. All right, now in our blink and you'll miss it segment for the women, we had Britt Baker taking on Red Velvet. Uh, Britt Baker looks awesome. And again, it's reestablishing like this is the queen bitch in this division. However, again, what do we it's always the spot right before the main event, which if you look at traditional wrestling is the piss break, right? That's what we're usually saying. That is stop putting the women there. Have them kick off the show or do something. Uh, but yeah, this was, well, I agree. Red funny. velvet belongs in that position, but I mean, I get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, again, you know, if, Hey, we're saying, Hey, this person's back, we can't do a triple H returns for every person that comes back. So, you know, get in there and beat somebody up, you know? Well, and she technically returned against big swole right. in that Dennis match that they right. did, but this was her first in ring, uh, match. Uh, by the way, if memory serves me correct, and again, we don't fact check here. Didn't Big Swole win that match? I, yeah. So, so then Big where Swole? does she go? Why is Big Swole not on the TV, but Britt Baker is? Mm-hmm. It's probably not COVID. I hope not. That would suck. Yeah. But it just seemed weird, right? Uh, but again, mm-hmm. Britt Baker's back. She's awesome. I love her. Um, I wasn't mad at this segment. I was just mad at the placement of it, to be honest with you. Uh, So let's roll into the main event. We had John Moxley taking on opponent of Eddie Kingston's choosing, which happened to be the butcher. And I'll tell you this, the butcher I know is never going to be the man in AEW. he's not going to be the heavyweight champion. He might be a TNT champion way down the road or anything like that, but he's scary as fuck. He's right. Big dude. dude. He's creepy looking. Uh, That, that, uh, that bib that he wears or yeah. the apron, you know, that he wears yeah. uh, when he was standing behind John Moxley. I was like, this is a scary movie. This is Call a horror movie. Yeah, it looks like he's going to right. Um, I agree. The butcher should be more highlighted as some like a 
You know what I mean? Somebody to watch out for or somebody's muscle or, you know, you know, that whole Dexter Loomis idea might work well for the butcher. If we got away with this, like the blade thing, I mean, don't get me wrong. That guy's good. And he looks like a million dollars too, but like, if it was just the butcher and he was just staying alone and this guy might be murdering people in his shed. Uh, yeah. 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 I agree. Or yeah. I mean, how they were originally presented, it seemed like the blade was a gimp and was into some weird shit that no one really wants to look at. And then the butcher was the one who facilitated what the blade liked. That's what it felt like to me. When I first saw butcher and the blade, it was like, Oh, so the blades in some weird shit, but the way that he gets to watch and do all this weird shit is the butcher. Make sure it happens. Mm. And if we went with that angle, that would be well, cool. That's a built in eventual storyline between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the butcher is just a scary motherfucker. And this was a good match. Uh, again, it was another way where John Moxley was, John Moxley's doing this really cool thing where he's winning and he's undefeated this year. And it's all on paper. Like, man, he's the most over guy in the company, which yeah, probably is. However, if you watch these matches, he's having to creatively beat these people. It's not just how stone cold would hit, hit you with a stunner. One, two, three. John Cena hits you with an attitude adjustment. One, two, three. John Moxley's like, well, for this guy, I've got a rear naked choke. For another guy, I've got to do a bulldog choke. For the my next competitor, I've got to do the paradigm shift. Like, it's not just, hey, I'm the toughest guy here. I get to do my shit and I get out. It's, I'm a little bit overmatched, but my mind and my toughness is going to get me the victory. And I do like that aspect of John Moxley so far. Uh, yeah, I do like that as well. And yeah, it's as much as we have flirted with calling John Mox, not just weave, I think wrestling in general. Yeah. Flirted with calling John Moxley a stone cold clone. Um, mm-hmm. that part is different, right? It, this is not John Moxley can just clearly beat the shit out of everybody unless they're trying to be nefarious. Uh, John Moxley's got a challenge ahead of him and he's rising to that challenge by hook or by crook. You know, I mean, not Andy outright goes, cheating it, by crook, but it's it's u- uniqueness, right? Well, he did have to cheat to beat MJF. Remember, he wasn't yeah. supposed to use a paradigm shift, and he did. He did. Um, and he also leans into it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember when he was talking about his program with Lance Archer starting, he said, I had to beat Darby Allen. I had to beat Brody Lee. And right when I thought I was good, look at this motherfucker. Like... You know, yeah, right. the, 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 the Danny Glover lethal weapon. I'm too old for this shit kind of gimmick. And that's relatable. It's like, man, how is he going to get through this one? And, and so I, I'm, I'm liking the John Moxley character because it feels as if we are getting away from the stone cold Steve Austin glass shatters stunners for everyone. Let's throw some beer and have fun. Yeah, it's right. I'm let's, a little overmatched. How am I going to MacGyver my way? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I also liked uh, before this match, Eddie Kingston still putting himself over that he didn't actually lose to John Moxley. It was this ref who I thought was my friend calling the the match when he should have the best times a referees had to like chime in and say stuff. And like that, I was like, all right, God damn it. I feel this ref. Yeah. Usually they can't, they, they managed to verbally cross their eyes and dot their T's. You know what I mean? (laughs) Usually Mm -hmm. do refs. Uh, but this guy was good. I liked it. 
Yeah, the ref was awesome. Like you said, to, to back up or, or to further on that point a little bit, it always seems like when a ref hears his voice in the microphone, he gets intimidated. He's like, oh, oh uh. and uh, this guy uh, just uh, cut uh, a promo. Right. Yeah. He just said, no, we've been friends for years, but when we're here, we're professionals. And my job is to keep you safe. And, and you, you weren't responsive. Yeah, and then Eddie Kingston's like, you motherfucker, I'm going to... But then John Moxley comes out, nah, I'm going to, you know, does all the stuff. And then, like we said, Butcher comes out, looks like a million dollars, at least in on paper, uh, does take the, the, the loss. But John Moxley uh, looks like he may be continuing this feud with Eddie Kingston. I think Lance Archer may be not available. Yeah. They still advertise that match October 17th, I think it was. Um but we may be going Eddie Kingston out of necessity. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm feeling. Like it's it's easy that Eddie Kingston can always be a thorn in the side, right? Like, so even if there's somebody else who's really the, the opponent, if for whatever reason they're gone, Eddie Kingston can be like, yo, dog, you still never beat me, mm-hmm. right? They can carry this on for a year, right? Like, you still never – I never quit you. You still owe me, right? Yeah, and everything, uh, if you're doing a, a debate, does check out with what Eddie Kingston's saying. I didn't go over the top rope in that battle Royal. So I'm right. the number one contender. Well, you got eliminated. No, fuck you. Right. Then he gets his match. I didn't tap out this ref quit. You know, the ref stopped the match. Not me. Well, but you were unconscious. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, what I wasn't, yeah. I didn't fucking go. I would have woke up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, he can keep doing this for, for a while. Um, I do feel bad though for Lance Archer because out of sight, out of mind, Eddie Kingston, I think is doing this really well. And when Lance Archer comes back, it'll be fine. But I'll I think, yeah, because like we liked Lance Archer and we thought this was going to be cool. and We'll see where it goes. But Eddie Kingston's going to do this better than Lance Archer. Right. I mean, or Jake Roberts or Jake Roberts, even. Yeah. As good as Jake Roberts has been historically right now, Eddie Kingston smoke shows him. So yeah. Yeah. But that was AEW Dynamite for this week. Again, next week will be the 30 years of Chris Jericho. He will be in a tag match uh, with Jake Hager uh, taking on Chaos Theory, I think is their name, or Chaos Project, something like that. Uh, Then we also got the dog collar match between Brody Lee and Cody for the TNT Championship. Uh, So so fun things uh, on the horizons for AEW Dynamite. But let's now transition uh, to the next thing that's on the horizon this Saturday will be NXT takeover 31. Tim, are you excited for NXT takeover 31? I am excited. You know, and I, I really like this Kyle O'Reilly thing. I don't think he's going to friend of the show, friend of the show. I, maybe he wins because they did highlight and maybe that's on purpose. The question of what if you win? What about Adam Cole, baby? Um, mm-hmm. So maybe he does. Maybe that is the angle. Maybe they were like, "Hey, we put it on Finn Balor because we wanted him to be able to put over somebody new." And maybe, maybe we already figured out who that somebody new is. Maybe, and we can get into our picks here uh, in just a moment. I do want to point out, though, uh, if you are watching this live and you want to talk about it, uh, I will be doing another instant reaction on the YouTube channel. Uh, you can write in your comments. I will respond. Uh, before that, though, I will give you some instant reaction on the top moments of the night. Uh, so feel free to head over to our YouTube channel. 
Uh, Tim, give it to us again. It's youtube.com slash Spanish announced tube. This is the Spanish there you announced go. tube. So I will be giving you that on Saturday, uh, the instant reaction, and then Tim will give you the less than instant reaction. And then again, uh, we will uh, give you a full breakdown on our uh, proper episode of Spanish Announce Table. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, let's get into the card. Um, So I have it pulled up from eWrestlingNews.com. Yeah. And so I may okay. not be getting a full list here because there's not a lot. Uh, but let's just go over I what to go they to the have WWE so far. website, but I didn't see the exact card breakdown either. So we're going to go with that. Yeah. So let's just go here uh, with what we have listed. And again, subject to change as we get closer to Saturday. But uh, the first match that they have listed here is the NXT Women's Championship match. Io Shirai champion taking on Candice LeRae. Who do you got? I'm going to go Candice LeRae. I think this match is going to come before Damian Priest and um, Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they want to leave that whole thing open, right? Is it, Are we going to have the first couple? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe spoiling my pick on that one. But I, th- I think Candice LeRae wins this. Yeah, I do too. I think Candice Larry wins this just because I don't think Io Shirai is necessarily uh, moving the needle. I don't yeah, think she when she definitely not. goes on NXT television that people are tuning away from AEW to say, what is Io Shirai doing? What's the promo she's cutting? What's the match she's in? I think she's very, very good. I think she's better than Asuka as far as international, international women's competitor. She's head and shoulders above everyone, in my opinion. But I don't think she's necessarily, like I said, drawing more viewers in with her no. character and in-ring I ability. Agree. I agree. Uh, I think Candice LeRae being in the couple with Johnny Gargano can do that. So let's get into that next match. The NXT North American Championship ladder match. Uh, ladder match. Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Who do you got? This is where I think I think Damian Priest still wins this. Um, I think mm. I mean, I, I, ha, eh, you know, okay. So I think they're going to go with this whole Gargano doesn't quite get it because they still want to keep Damian Priest going with whatever he's doing here um, and try it a little bit more before peeking behind the curtain. And I think Gargano they can do this like this is the prophecy, it's coming true. Oh, it doesn't quite come true. She does. He doesn't. The fun they can have in these little house segments, which are creepy and great. Mm-hmm. I think they, they can work with that. It almost might be better, right? Because, I mean, if he wins it he's and they go on this power trip, they've both got to have it for a while. And I don't know if that's the angle they really want to go right now. I think they're trying to build new stars, make new folks. And I think this would help with that, right? If Priest can get a win over Johnny Gargano, right, of all people. Um, in a ladder match. In a ladder match. And then this kind of sets up. You know, his maybe jealousy, you know, who knows, right? They could go a thousand different angles. And and those two, of course, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano will undoubtedly hit a home run with whatever they're, they've given. So, Yeah, I think Damian Priest wins this as well. Another friend of the show before he was Damian Priest. Um, I, I think because they don't. the best here. We do. We do. Uh, we do. I, I I think they don't want to do the power couple thing because 
Triple H did the power couple thing. And maybe he did the best ideas for himself. And maybe he doesn't know a secondary best idea. So like, let's not do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, well, so yeah, for that reason, idea, but I don't know where to go after you. Right. Fake so what I did with Stephanie was this after that, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I, I do like your idea of, okay, so now Candace is the, the breadwinner in this I held couple. Up my end of the deal. Yeah. So what's going on? And maybe we see a different version, not a split between the two, but maybe Johnny Gargano almost becomes a cheerleader for Candace, you know, coming out. This is the best chick in the world. Oh, my wife. Look at her. I think they're married, right? They're married. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, this is my wife, the greatest wife of all time, you know, and almost becomes this like, what the fuck is Johnny? Johnny Gargano now is Harvey Whippleman. You know, what is he you doing? Even where she's kind of like, geez, would you shut up? Like, yeah, would you win a title so we can like be a power couple here? And like, you hold yeah, like, up your end. Almost Mike Bennett, right? <laughs> yeah. End, right? Where you're kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think Damian Priest, like you said, they're trying to build that next wave of stars. Him getting a victory would establish a little bit more of that. I, I still think they like to do the party backstage segments. Maybe something here is Harley's and uh, I don't know, ACDC's backstage, whoever Triple H has a hard on for. <laughs> Who who is a Lenny's band? Motorhead. Motorhead. Motorhead the, yeah, the rest of Motorhead's backstage hanging out with Damian Priest. Oh, what is that? Why would he like uh, Motorhead? Yeah, whatever oh, the no. new, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rock hanging out with Slipknot. Yeah, there you go. It's it's Damian Priest and Slipknot hanging out, drinking uh, with women in a That's hot tub. That's a good tub. reference. But anyway. <laughs> who knows? I bet we're going to see Slipknot. Yeah, I bet we're going to see Slipknot somehow. Put your money on Slipknot, says Tom. Don't fact check. Just do it. Just There's do it. There's a prop bet on Slipknot. Bet the house. Bet the house. Heard it here first. Uh, okay, bet the after house that, on Slipknot. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. All right. After that, we have a singles match listed here. It's Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. Uh, Kushida's looking really, really strong, getting rid of the, hey, it's happy. I'm happy to be here and more of a, I'm going to take your arm because I don't like your arm. It's not the smiling, uh, you know, Asian. <laughs> yeah, they, just the, hey, go. everyone here, let's take a picture. It's the, I'm happy hey. in WWE. It's like, I, look, guys, I know you keep trying. Again, we talked about this last week. WWE tries to fit that puzzle piece all the time. It's like, we got to have some Asians, we got to have Mexican, we got to have it. Uh, yeah. But you're right. This one seems like it might have some legs beyond it. Yeah. Now, Velveteen Dream, I think he's on a punishment tour. Mm. I think he's on the, hey, you know how many times you fucked up? And now it's time to to take your lumps here. Uh, so I got Kushida because I think they're going to just keep Velveteen Dream in neutral for a little bit longer until maybe they see some change backstage. That's peeking behind the curtain. Um, so for that reason, thing- I got Kushida. Which can be a good thing because if that change comes, you're almost more likely to then get more force behind you, right? Like, because then they go, all right, you're proving it. Now it's time to pull the trigger. Whereas before they might be like, oh, yeah, that guy. You know, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. trouble can be good for you if you work it right and come out on the back end of it in a good position. But I think we've noticed with Velveteen Dream and Patrick Clark from the NXT days, mm-hmm. um, he does kind of get in his own way. And you know what I mean? Uh, I think that's always been the thing they've said. Like, he gets in his own way, and then he starts believing in his own hype. 
and kind of starts going through the motions. And I think we did see some of that with the Velveteen dream recently. So, and we were even saying it, we were kind of like, yeah, this is feels like he's going through the motions. I agree. Uh, let's get into the next match here. NXT cruiserweight championship match. San Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Now you are a big fan of their promo package on this week's NXT yeah. Uh, uh, television show. So, what did you, what do you think uh, about this match? I, I that promo package instantly got me more interested in the match. Now I want to know who wins. Before you could have told me like Santos Escobar, Swerve Scott. I've been like, yeah, cool, I'll watch that. But I'm not like if I had to miss the ending, I wouldn't be like, make sure you rewind that. I want to see it, you know. Uh, but now I kind of want to know what's going on. I thought it did really well. I liked the way Escobar was, you know, dug into like. I mean, you call this bag of tricks or whatever you know what i mean he's like i call this hundreds of years of tradition right and i'm gonna bury you with it or whatever his line was right i thought that was supreme basically he's telling he's like oh yeah i'm gonna bring them down and oh yeah i'm gonna fucking cheat to him and that's how we're gonna do this because this is what we do around here you're gonna man up and try or are you just gonna whine about fairness in a fight um i like that and i like swerve even the whole time he's like yeah man because if we did it fair, you're not winning, right? Like the whole time, right? I, I liked all of it. It really got me more in the sword of Scott than anything else has. And we've already kind of praised Santos Escobar uh, and his group. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Santos Escobar and his group. Uh, I think again, if I had the pen or the pencil or whatever the fuck we're calling it, you know, this is where, yeah, exactly. I mean, whoop, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what side I'm grabbing it. It says I voted. All right. <laughs> yep. Uh, but this is where I'm building Santos Escobar as the luchador god. And then you know who has to take down a god? The real god of 205. And that's Rey Mysterio. That's where I'm leading Especially this when he, to. He keeps saying, like, I built it in my image of the proud luchador heritage. And then it could come down to that and be like, oh. You think, you think you're the you luchador here? Epitomize what luchador is? Yeah, well, it's senior. Rain Mysterio. <laughs> right? Yeah, Mysterio. and then he can even bring his kid with him too. Well, he may be outside of the two hundred five live, right? He's seven feet tall, so yeah. But who cares, yeah. right? But right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just well, think yeah. that's Not, half of them probably aren't two hundred five, really. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think um, Murphy ever was hitting two hundred five. I think yeah, he's no, two twenty yeah. to two thirty the entire. When time. he wakes up in the morning, takes a shit, he might reach two hundred five. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's 212 then. Uh, but yeah, I think you build Santos Escobar to this untouchable luchador status to where he takes out everyone. He keeps beating the drum of I'm the luchador. I'm the luchador. I'm the luchador. And the way I this story Lucha. ends. Yeah. The way this story ends is Ray Mysterio. I don't think we're going to get that. Of course, Excuse we're me. not going to get that. But with this, I think we're going to continue that dominance from him and his group. And so I got Santos Escobar. All right, now let's get to the main event, the NXT championship match. Finn Balor champion taking on challenger Kyle O'Reilly. They did a great job with the promo packages and and the sit down discussion with Shawn Michaels of making me go, "Eh, I don't know. The nine times out of 10 WWE fan tells me Finn Balor wins this, you know, left and right. But could that sneak in? Like I said earlier, have they been like, ah, you know what I mean? We didn't think it would happen this quick, but 
like Kyle O'Reilly. Shawn Michaels said he has said the hidden gem is. And Shawn Michaels actually legitimately is pulling strings down there. So maybe this might be a thing there. Go. I don't be surprised if Kyle O'Reilly wins this kind of out of nowhere. And this is a look how badass Kyle O'Reilly is. And now this is where we get this undisputed shakedown. Uh-huh. Undisputed air thing. And maybe Adam Cole goes up to a main roster or something. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to say Finn Balor wins this just to, you know, because that's how WWE generally goes, right? This guy doesn't win his title back and lose it on the first challenger. So uh, I'm going to say Finn Balor, but don't be shocked. I would not be shocked. I think, though, Finn Balor retains, and I think this is where we're just going to get right to it. I don't think they're – I think they've been teasing an Undisputed Era breakup and rumblings, and mm-hmm. they keep now mentioning it on television, that I don't think they're going to do a slow burn to then break it up. I think that was the slow burn of Shawn Michaels mentioning it to Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to hit his finisher on Finn right before we get the pin. Adam Cole's going to jump in the uh, ring, says, you're not getting this fucking title. Wop, super kicks him. I'm the man in Undisputed Era. Finn Balor gets the cover one, two, three, and then we're just going to go. Then we're going to create a story of what do the other two do, right? What does Roderick Strong and what does uh, Fish do now that these two guys are feuding? And they that's where we're going to tag go. team on Raw and take on the Street Profits. I mean, someone needs to. But with this, I think we're just going to get the just the – the genesis of this hey, new split right. is going to be Adam Cole says, Hey motherfuckers. Remember we started undisputed era because I'm the fucking man, not this. Well, here's guy. what it is. So he barely, barely, barely loses. Does um, Kyle O'Reilly without help. Right. When he might've been able to use it or need it from the undisputed era, but he almost does it. Right. And so fish and strong, all like man you're amazing you almost did it get back there you can have another shot right like just put in a little work dude you're amazing you did great i can't believe you took this guy to the ties finn balor blah blah and you see colby and like over the corner like but you fucking lost like he didn't win the damn like hey guy i hey, did well, hey yeah. right baby right like it's starting to get to him right that they're kind of like you're solid dude. You know what I mean? Like that they're even approaching somebody and not looking to him for guidance. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to slow burn it, I, I like that. Cause I do like how, uh, Kyle Riley in that sit down interview with Finn Balor said, you see this hand, you see this hand, they wash each other. That's the undisputed era. Well, if Kyle Riley gets put in a spot where he could use the undisputed era and he looks up to the ramp and they're not there, now, what the fuck? I thought we were two hands that wash each other and fucking help each other out, right? What if they're not there and it's because Adam Cole told the other two, well, hold on, let's let him do it on right. his own. And then, he, yeah. then it's like, and why did you tell him to do it on his own? I said we want, like, yeah, we came down and, and helped you plenty of times. Mm-hmm. That's where we could get the thing. Fuck, yeah, yeah, punch you in the nuts. Yeah. 
Uh, the other thing I like about this match that they built up, uh, and obviously if you do enough digging, you could have saw the connection here, but I liked how they kept saying about how Kyle O'Reilly really wanted to face Finn Balor his entire career. And so it was, he finally got into pro wrestling in America. Finn goes to Japan. He finally gets to Japan. Finn goes mm-hmm. to NXT. He finally gets to NXT. Um, uh, Finn goes to the raw right. and then, yeah. And so I like that a lot. It was really cool how it showed like, no, Kyle O'Reilly's always wanted to fight this guy. And, and so that was pretty cool. But I think this story much how the Randy Orton drew McIntyre was about Randy Orton. And it just happened to be that drew McIntyre was the champion. I think this is Kyle O'Reilly's story. It just happens to be that Finn Balor's the champion. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. All right, man. Well, that's all they have listed. Again, they probably will add some uh, Breezango match or uh, uh, Austin Theory or we something will here. Kickoff will have a Breezango match. Yeah, definitely. 100%. So we'll see what happens there. But that's all we got for NXT Takeover 31. I'm pretty excited. I am too, man. I'm really excited for it. I, again, we never go home thinking like this show was bad, right? Exactly. At worst, we've been like, yeah, it was good. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, like we mentioned, um, Saturday after the event ends, if you watch it live, uh, head over to our YouTube channel. I'll give you some instant reaction. Uh, Join in the comments section. Tell me what you thought. I'll read it on air. Uh, Give you my comments back to your comments. Um, And then a day or two later, Tim will give you the less than instant reaction. And as mentioned on the proper Spanish announce table, we'll give a full recap of NXT TakeOver 31. Yeah. Yeah. Check out that YouTube. Also, uh, if you're feeling like uh, you really liked us and you and you want us to uh, know that you really liked us, uh, don't forget we do accept donations. Uh, PayPal.com. Uh, use tableshow at gmail.com as the email that you want to send it to. Or you can go to our website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And there's a donate link there that'll take you right to it. So you don't have to remember table show at gmail.com. Uh, we'll take a dollar. We'll take $5. We'll take $5,000. I don't, whatever you got, you know what I mean? Whatever you got. Any you donation is welcomed. Any donation is welcome. The Spanish announce table.